live? Yep, we are live. <laughs> that sounds so awesome through a microphone. Anyways, hello everyone. Welcome to episode four. Teen. Four. Registered four of Sports Vision. Welcome and back after being gone for like two and a half months. Oh my, I'm going to stab you in your neck, RJ. Um... Yeah, I was gone all last week. <coughs> Couldn't do a podcast. Wish we could have. I was back home in Wisconsin racing a snowmobile. It was pretty fun, actually. Um, almost got the coronavirus on the airplane. Right. Um, finally got to Vegas. Was super hungry. Went to Subway. I waited 46 minutes for a sandwich. Why wouldn't you have just left? I almost did, but I felt bad. For who? Well, there was Yourself? only one person working. There's like 16 people in line, so I was like, "Yeah, it's not your their fault that there's 16 people in line. Just fucking leave." Yeah, I. Yeah. There's a part of me that wanted to, but then I got a soft side, RJ. I want everybody to understand. I have a soft side. Um. All right, so this is the racing episode. This is the one that most of our people care about. The other one, the one. Okay, by the way, if you listen to the sports episode, and you say one comment to me about the, the, the echo that you hear, I probably will burn your house down. Because I know there's an echo. <laughs> I already know it. I, we're working on it. Oh, yeah. Obviously, hopefully this episode. Hopefully, this one's better. Yeah. Potentially, this one's going to be a lot better. So, hopefully, we have our bearings straight. I wanted to get that episode out because there's a lot of stuff to talk about. But if I hear it, if someone comes up to me and says, hey, you're f- your episode three was super echoey. I will find where you live, and I will burn it to a crisp. So, RJ, how the hell are you doing today? I'm all right. Good? Things got better yeah. this week. It was a little stressful for a while. Oh, very stressful. Perseverance. That's what we're all about here at yeah. whatever blankety-blank promotions we've... Studios. <laughs> <laughs> blankety-blank promotion studios. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're still coming up with names. We're still looking for sponsors, too, actually. So if you're out there and you're in the racing world and you want to sponsor the racing side of the podcast, um, hit me up. You have my telephone number, probably, because it's on the Snore website, sadly. Um, it's on our Facebook page <laughs> as well. Yeah, you have our Facebook, Sports Vision Facebook. You have uh, me on Facebook, RJ on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, all kinds of stuff. Hit me up. We'll plug in your your uh, business or team or whatever, wh- honestly, whatever the hell you want. Um, we're up to, I I haven't looked in the past week, but we're over 300 listeners, and that means start to finish, not the people who give up halfway through because they're bored. Uh, so we're trying to keep it interesting, we're trying to keep it fun, but we're up and over 300 listeners on the first two episodes that we had, which is far better than I thought it was going to go. I thought it was going to be closer to like six. Yeah, I was thinking like six plus you and I listening to it a couple times to see how right. stupid we sound. But you know, shout out to your mom. <laughs> yeah, my mom listened like a bunch of times, and I love it. Like, shout out to my mom. Love you, mom. Um, and my dad listened to it a bunch of times. So, um, you know, th- those are the true MVPs right there, you know. Um, I don't have a full written out agenda okay. for this episode. Well, so this is a big wing session. But I know what we we have to talk about. The first thing I'd like to talk about, and I've, I'm very sorry we couldn't get to it sooner because I was out of town. I left the 
day after the Snore 250, but we should talk about the Snore 250. Yep. So, I know you've probably got a lot to talk about, to talk about <coughs> but I have some things that I want to touch on. My first thing is Class 1. <laughs> Good. Glad so you brought that up. I, I and honestly, I just want to get this out of the way because I know that you have comments, and I'm super well, excited I, to like talk about them. But I want to get it out of the way because it's not only the first on my list, but it does happen to do with like the top three overall, essentially in the race. Um, your first place class one at four hours five minutes fifty seven seconds. Whether he was in a class one car or not, hey. Said 124 on the side. The number 124, Adam Householder. Um, behind him at four four hours, 12 minutes, three seconds was Justin Davis. Had a good, gay, good day going. Uh, sorry, the dyslexia and all the other problems I have with my head all come out at once. So my brain, this is the problem. My brain goes 356 miles an hour and my mouth goes two. So it's a weird matchup that we have to deal with. But... So Justin Davis took second place, and you're returning Snore uh, 2019 Class 1 champion Joe David in the 100 car came in at 4 hours, 17 minutes, and 45 seconds. So before we move on, before we get in depth, go ahead. Let's hear it. Well, I mean, I'm sure you're aware because you're race director. The uh, Oh, it wasn't a Class 1 car. It was a trophy truck. Um why is he allowed to race? Unfair advantage type thing. I, for one, don't really care. I think he should be allowed to race all of the races in his in his nice trophy truck class one car. Uh, Truggies have been class one for. I mean, the Land Shark dominated class one, dominated the desert for a, <coughs> a long time, and now we're just gonna change it because the course is rough and it it better or it. Uh, it's better for trucks because it's you know they can go through the rough faster. I think that just makes it more more difficult for you to go get a win against these people. Yeah. So I'm gonna try and let me just say this: mm-hmm. the things that are said on this podcast, the opinions that are broadcasted, do not directly inflect, reflect, reflect, inflect. I don't know if inflex I don't think inflex is an actual English word. No, I don't think so. Um, they don't reflect the opinions of our employer or the race series that we work under. So no. obviously everybody knows I'm a snore race director. But mm-hmm. this podcast has nothing to do with snore as me being the race director, right? We're going to talk about snore because I think the majority of our listeners have something to do with snore. Well, that that's what we're doing. I mean, that's what we're involved in. That's so what we're, we're involved in. So yeah. that's what we try and stay relevant on. But me sitting here voicing my opinions has nothing to do with the calls that I make as, you know, as my job or anything like that. That's just, this, this podcast is our opinions. It's what we're mm-hmm. talking about. It's how we feel as humans. It's a discussion. Right. We're just having a discussion. So I'm gonna, this is a weird stance for me because I, this has been in the back of my head for a while. And granted, I'm, I'm fairly new to desert racing meaning I haven't done it my entire life like most of the people around us have. But what I do have to say is that for someone to come to a desert race and enter a 
let's just go with an easy number, half a million dollar trophy truck. It really, uh, honestly, numbers don't even really matter because class ones cost a lot of money too. Mm -hmm. For someone to show up in a trophy truck, enter in class one, because the rules allow. Right. And take the money home. <sighs> Me personally, you know, all professions and all that bullshit aside, I don't agree with it. I don't think it was the right move to, to make. Um, I think that if you were there to test or whatever, there's other options to take within Snore, right? And, and, and Snore <coughs> obviously appreciates people entering their races and coming to run because they're family-oriented and it's more fun and it's a little bit more relaxed, but it's the best payback out there. Right. So um, it's, it's, it's very hard <laughs> for me to think it, this is such a tough, tough thing. I mean, for you're me dancing to talk around about, it. But just get out and say it. Don't show up with a trophy truck and race class one. If if you if, if you show up with a trophy truck, don't race in class one. If you show up, and and this is this is why we this rule was created, right? Don't show up with a solid axle and race class one. I think we're getting down to that point of like. We know that the solid axles can get 30 inches in the rear because you don't have to worry about CV right, degrees right. or clearance or travel easier. issues. It's it's simple. It's easy. Yeah. You're 30 inches dialed. Now, the front's a little bit different story. I mean, there's people that say that their trophy trucks get, you know, 26 to 28 inches of travel in the front. Honestly, like most of them are probably like 22, 24. Like, whatever. It, it, this is not a dick measuring game. This is just – this is racing. This is engineering. And this is what we strive for, right? We always want to be better, be better, be better. The front end on a class one car is not the problem. That's not what we're. That's not what we're arguing. It's not the limited. That's issue. not the limitations. Yeah. It's the CV joints in the rear. Whether you're running nine thirties, nine thirty fours, series thirties, I don't care. Whatever rubber boot you put on there to seal the CV joint from the surrounding areas that you're racing through, can only go twenty two degrees. That's it. Before your boot starts to bind, there, <laughs> math cannot change that, right? Yeah. You can't manipulate math to make uh, that better. I understand. So that's the problem. That's why I say, instead of saying don't show up with a trophy truck, no, 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 no. Don't show up with a solid axle and race class one. Whether you're testing or you're hanging out, like if you're testing, right, like let's say, okay, so the 124 Adam Householder showed up with his trophy truck, and he – comes up to me and says i'm here to test okay perfect why don't you run unlimited sportsman unlimited sportsman no payback no points problems no nothing you can show up with the trophy truck you can go as fast as you want you can go as slow as you want you can test stuff out you can hang out your crew doesn't have to be so riled up to get that money but i mean let's face it householder showed up took the money he took home a good chunk of money yeah no he won the race I mean, overall, like he won overall and he won well, class, class one. one. So you got a $2,500 bonus on top of the class one payback and a $1,500 bonus from Patrick Signs. He took home some good money. Now, do I think that that was a fault on my end as race director and Snore as a whole? Potentially, yes. I'm not going to say that. Th I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, uh, I, I didn't overlook the rules and didn't think that someone was going to try and pull this off. I won't say that. It's been in the back of my head, and I thought, well, what if someone does show up to the Gene Desert, which is the gnarliest of deserts? Yeah, it 
Well, if you don't have a truck, you're not going to be the fastest person in the gene desert. Right. Period. So. So, but another part of me thinks like, this is, so this is what's tough, right? We're budget racing series. We're budget racers. And we want everybody to show up from everywhere. So that's why we leave our rules open. So we left our rules open and we got bid on it. As, as speaking from Snore, right? And speaking right. as a race director. Well, you say budget racing, which is, is like jumbo shrimp. Right? There's nothing <laughs> budget about racing. You can, you can do exactly. it as cheap as possible, but you're still spending a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So... Well, I mean, and that goes into even the limited budget classes, like sixteen hundred. I mean, that there's a budget behind that too that right. just gets you know Out of astronomically insane. Mm-hmm. But I mean, wh- wh- let's hear your thoughts because you have a little bit different uh, thinking style on this because you're not the race director, and you like you don't have people complaining all you know all the time. Like you have some, but. You don't have people bitching at you like, why well, did you let them? If what, they blah, bitch blah, at blah, me, blah, blah. yeah. If they bitch at me, I'm just like, well, that sucks, dude. Do you want to high five or do you just want to walk away? Right. But um, no, my whole thing is, uh, I I think back to the year Robbie Gordon, uh, raced the Geyser Truggy in Best in the Desert, which I still think is legal to race in Best in the Desert Class One, because their rule is if it hasn't been a trophy truck, it can't. It could still be cl- considered class one. Right. That if you race it in the trophy truck class in Best in the Desert, it can't you no longer can race in class right. one. Right. But if you build a trophy truck tomorrow, if you call Mason or Herbst or whoever you want, a geyser, mm-hmm. and say, build me the baddest son of a bitch on the planet, and you pick it up, that day you can go race it in class one in Best in the Desert. Correct. And I think that's kind of what was what done with that particular vehicle. It was a purpose-built Truggy. It wasn't a trophy truck that was converted into the Truggy vehicle without a body. You're, talk- you're talking Robbie Gordon's, right? Correct. The one Correct. that the Justin yep. Davis raced, and mm-hmm. I think Lofton raced. I think a bunch of people raced yep. that one. A lot of people drove it. Yeah. Um, but that was that was a purpose-built Truggy vehicle, just like the Landshark. Yeah, exactly. I think there's still merit to have it. Like, you want it to be an unlimited class, or do you want it to not no longer be called class one unlimited? Well, I think because I, I, not to cut you, sorry, but you ahead. just as soon as you start putting things on there like must have IRS, must have this, must have that, it becomes class one, not class one unlimited. Right. And then it's just it's just like class ten. You gotta go, gotta go through post tech, gotta get all this 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 shit done now. Right. Because we gotta make sure you're legal. So. Yeah, and I, I agree with that statement, but I it's it's kind of like, and I'm talking back in the day, Pro 2 versus Pro 4 mm-hmm. in short course. Right. The Pro 4 was unlimited engine, you know, unlimited trans. You could have a sequential transmission and unlimited motor, and you could have four-wheel drive. Now, as long as I can remember, and, you know, we're talking – 10, 15 years that I've had something to do with the Pro 2. As long as I can remember, Pro 2's never been able to run a sequential transmission. Yes, they've had unlimited engines, but they've had two-wheel drive. So, and the underdrives and all that bullshit. Now, that's kind of where I feel, that's where my mind is at with this Class 1 trophy truck, is trophy truck is unlimited everything sequential transmission four-wheel drive big motors all this crazy stuff as much travel as you can possibly think 47 inch tires if you want them but class one is the step down from it not saying it's not unlimited but it's a step down and it's different because for two reasons 
it's a step down because running class one is a lot more cost effective than running trophy truck as of the past couple years the second reason being there's a lot of nostalgia to buggies right so these OG buggy guys work their way up work their way work their way up and they don't want to be in a truck they want to be in a car and that's where the class one kind of hangs around. trucks are boring man yeah some they're people so, trucks are couches and and like trucks are four strokes and and buggies are two strokes right the, if you want to make that my thing is is like class one should be unlimited motor unlimited chassis unlimited travel but irs it has to have cvs in the rear i think that's where we're going now is because the technology is advancing so fast that like we should give the class ones a chance to just regroup you know what i'm saying we went yeah we, I mean, we had a lot of class one cars for a while and then it died off Right, and then CJ did a lot of work to get to, and and Patrick Signs did too with putting up the money. They did a lot of work to get Class Ones back, and we had what fourteen or sixteen or something like that of Class Ones minus the one trophy truck mm -hmm. that one <coughs> show up to the Snore Two Fifty of all races. The Snore Two Fifty, right. no one shows up to that race. It's not, it's not appealing to people, right? There's no media there. There is isn't. There's the only thing that's appealing is the nostalgia to it. It's the longest running race and winning to a lot of people, especially me. I'd love to go win the Snore 250. That'd be put up on my like one of my my highest accolades is winning the Snore 250 because there's so much nostalgia behind it and there's so much history behind it. And there's some so many of these OG guys, you know, like Rob McCachron and Tommy Bradley and a couple other guys are in this four way tie of. How many Snore 250 wins can you get? Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's a like that's badass, but that's not appealing to others. They want to go to Battle at Prim because it's a short track and it's it's a little bit more family. You know, your family's there in the pits and you hang right. out all weekend. You have Everybody a couple beers everything. at night. And same with Rage. Rage is a huge media outlet, right? It's huge. We have 400 cars every year, um, so I think that's where it gets split up. But going back to the like. Should trophy trucks run class one? I say, from a professional standpoint, absolutely not. Like, trophy trucks should be done, like, no solid axles in class one. And I think we should just, I think we should just nip it in the bud and say, sorry, guys, like, that, like, that's it, dude. Like, you have your class. Go run your class, right? Go run your class. Yeah, I mean, but then that just becomes, like, then we should have overall winners at that point. I think we should take that away because. When when we line up with CJ and, and you know Hutchins, we aren't necessarily going for the overall, but we know it's achievable with our vehicles, and we know it's achievable. Like other people know it's achievable with their class ones versus trophy trucks. But um, if you're gonna start limiting like what you put into class one, like w this that this that, only so they can race class ones versus class ones, like class tens versus class tens, that's fine. They make it trophy truck versus trophy truck, class one versus class one. Everybody races amongst themselves. There's no overall BS. And then you just take away, like, I mean, I, th I feel like if you do that, you take away a lot of the competition. I Yeah, I, I kind of respectfully disagree because <clears throat> if you were to take a class one, like a top five class one in desert right now. Right. Throwing a body on it is not that easy, right? It's some man hours in 
in, in getting a body that fits and making mounts and getting all this stuff on there so you can go well, essentially race trophy truck the right way, right? You can enter the trophy truck class and race trophy truck. Like if you're going to go down to Mexico, Mexico is different because we they don't mix qualifying. So trophy truck qualify – if they do qualify, trophy truck qualifies and all the trophy trucks start. And then all of the legends start and then all class one starts. Even if your time is better than any trophy truck, you still start behind all those 45, 50 trucks. Right. That's different in Best in the Desert or Snore is you can qualify within the trophy trucks in your class one car and start up front like we have or like other people have in Best in the Desert or Snore races. So what I'm saying is, is like that's where you kind of need to like kind of be a little bit more relaxed on it is a trophy truck can show up to a race and be like, oh, shit. 20 bolts and the body comes off and now they can enter class one where class one has to build brackets make a body that fits go through all the clearance issues because the car's not built for that right well then maybe i would look at more me personally would go for more of the best in the desert rule as if it's then a trophy truck can't race class one but if it's been only a class one then i mean whatever it's unlimited class. Run whatever you want. Yeah. As long as it doesn't have a body. Now you're gonna get hurt feelings because you are gonna get people who do go. I'm not. I I doubt anybody's actually gonna go call Mason and be like, Hey, I want a new four wheel drive truck without the body. Right. And make it look nice on the outside. Well, yeah. I mean, where's the pres- uh, honest? As sad as it is to say, where's the prestige in racing class one right now? There isn't. Well, they don't get any. Even if you lead the race overall, which we've seen before, right? Even if you lead the race overall on the Lucas Oil, whatever crap that they had on Best in the Desert, the, you don't get TV time because you're not a truck. You're not a trophy truck. Even 6100s get more TV time than than Class One. Yeah, and they're a spec class. Like well, that's but that's that ex- not insane to you. <laughs> but they're an exciting spec class that are trucks, and people like trucks. Yeah, no, it, it's a huge selling point, and we went through that for years with short course is we had to put in a rule that said the bodies that you run on your pro two or your pro four or your pro light have to directly ascent, uh, 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 resemble a production vehicle. Okay. A production vehicle of 5,000 produced or more in the United States. So was it just getting out of hand that they were getting like aerodynamic no. bodies or they were just not running bodies no, or what? No, it wasn't even that. It was the fact of keeping the people interested oh. because when you go to a short course race or you go to a desert race and you don't know jack dick about it, you look at that truck that's leading or the truck that's fast and it's it looks like a Ford Ranger in Pro Light or it looks like a, a Toyota uh, Tundra in Pro 2 or Pro 4 or it looks like a Chevy Silverado going around the racetrack and then you go oh hey man i got a Chevy, i got a silverado bear, 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 bear. Yeah, or i i, I have a ranger at my house like you have to realize like these people don't know anything about racing and they show up to a race what's gonna grab their eye that's why ford had has such a big deal in the best of desert is you only get the ford bonus if you run a ford body you know, for all right. for the whole race or the f- for the whole season. I don't know their whole rules. I, I don't tough, really care. Tough to limit the whole race because you know things happen. Right, but. but Ford has that because that's what sells to people who d- they're trying to expand their market, like you know subconsciously expand their market. Is say 
these people who know nothing about racing are showing up and they're like, oh shit, I have a Ford Ranger and that Ford Ranger's winning. I'm going to root for him. Right. And they won. So I'm going to go buy a Ford because they won the race. It's just a very simple thing. And we don't have that in class one. We don't have manufacturer backing because it's not a truck class. What right. are you going to mold not, a yeah, class you're not one make it to look be? look like anything. So. Well, yeah, what are you going to mold it to be? You know what I'm saying? It's like, what are you going to make class one be to be more appeasing to the spectators or the, the, the market? You know? So it's tough. Um, I don't know. It's one of them things. And, 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 and honestly, for anybody that's listening, I would love to, to like hear everybody's comments on this. I don't care who you are or how you feel, whether you hate what I'm saying, love what he's saying, or vice versa. It doesn't matter. I want to hear what you guys have to say because this is a this is a a good subject that kind of came. I don't want to say out of nowhere, but it came to fruition in our minds the most recently at the Snort 250. So talk about it. Like tell it. Like literally, just post on our Facebook or like text me or text RJ. Like whatever. Just like tell us like you guys are dumb or you're smart and tell us why so we can talk about it next time because this is not something that's going to go away i can tell you this right now because this is people are going to be pushing to see what snore does with their ruling it's all it's already on race desert people are already bitching about it on race desert so you know that ensures it's going to be a long subject yep no i i agree and and you know i hope that it does i hope that it is a long subject because i I think the more, sometimes it hurts you, but I think the more opinions you get on something, the better the outcome is because you can take all these different opinions and all these different mindsets and viewpoints and kind of put them in a pot and you can kind of select what sounds right and what sounds wrong and then you can make a decision huh. from there. Yeah, and then you got to listen to all those opinions and then you got all this and all that. But that's, that's part of a race uh, series is you have to kind of like buckle down and just listen to everybody and see where they're at. So maybe maybe it comes to a vote of the uh, you know everybody who's raced class one in the past two years or three years of the series. Hey, if you're a driver record, let's hear your vote on it. And I, that the fact that it comes down to a vote for snore rules like that is, if you want to get into it real quick about the 16s, I don't think you do right now. But <laughs> well, it, we can can we hold off to the 16s till we get to it on the results of the snore? Yeah, but it's just it's crazy that they they can the racers vote in the rules. Right. To me, anyways. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on that more on the 1600s. Um, do you have anything else on Class 1 at Snore 250? Um, I think Justin Davis was fast. I know he had a flat tire. Um, he had some other – I think he just had a flat tire, um, but he got stuck behind some slow traffic. Obviously, didn't want to hit him. Um, just couldn't catch back up to Adam. No, uh, and I don't, I don't know if his car would have done it anyways because them holes were getting big at the end of the day. They were all relatively close to the top three, relatively close to each other. So I mean yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, looking at it right now, we've got Householder Davis and David um, in the four hours and sub-20 minutes. Um, and then, you know, Al Torres and Daniel Myers and Jason Whipple. Now, I don't know how many problems that they had. Um, I know the 188 of Jason Whipple. I know Pat Gailey was driving. Um, for a while and had to stop and help an accident, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, so he's down in the sixth position. Um, yeah, I, I one of them that I was super excited to see, you know, what was going to happen was John Walker and DNF, buddy. Well, I mean, I don't know what happened. Did he make a lap? Or I, was in, I was in a car, it, so I don't know what He happened. made one lap. He's got one lap at an hour, six minutes, seven seconds. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know what happened. I, d- I didn't get to talk to him. Uh, I, th- I, I think they just kind of packed up and bounced or whatever the case may be. So it's well, it's been a while since that's that car's been run, so maybe it was just a test Probably section. two years or something, right? Yeah. And if they if they just drug it out on mothballs, you know, put a quick, real quick prep on it or anything like that, you know, it might not have been ready to actually go racing. Yeah. Well, so let's transition to Class 10. And I'm, I'm going just off of what I printed off of the Snore 250 results, so... This is no particular, this is just how it lays out in the results page, but um, this old guy, <laughs> James Ford, class 10, your winner, smooth, solid day. Uh, I had a conversation with him, so I was cleaning up some garbage around the shooting range on Sunday morning after the awards, and uh, he stopped to help me out a little bit, and we were talking, he says, man, it's it's tough to keep up with these kids, but damn does it feel good to you know get a win and and stuff like that and and i said i had to give him a little nudge i said what about connor mcdavid or uh uh, mcmullen and he goes uh yeah i'm glad he didn't show up but (laughs) you know it's good to get a win because i gotta show these these guys how it's done so um he he had a hell of a race like i said i don't think he had any problems i think he had good pit stops all day the fna crew is Pretty consistent, pretty solid. Um, that what's weird is the way that we ran the pits, going from uh, west to east down the shooting range. His pit was on the 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 coming down back into the race course, mm-hmm. and he called me probably two o'clock on Friday and said, "Hey man, we're setting up our pit. My gas is on the other side of the car." So instead of being on the driver's side, his gas is on the passenger side. So, what so was he had to move his whole pit because I told him you got to be 25, 50 feet off the course, right? Right. So he had to move his whole pit, and his 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 fuel tower was 20. I think we paced it off like 28 feet off the race course. Okay. His fuel tower was there, and he pitted inside the fuel tower in the pit. It was crazy. But oh. what's awesome is that he didn't just do some shit and then, like, deal with the consequences later. He knew that there was a rule, and he right. called about it. And when I showed up Friday after the driver's meeting, because I couldn't get out there till late, I showed up there. The fuel tower was set up with containment underneath it, and he says, hey, man, is this good? And I was like, yeah, let's pace it off, make sure it's good. And he's like, if it's not good, we'll move it. And, dude, that was 9 o'clock at night. Right. Super, super rad team, super cool people. I'm They're, they're out of Parker, the Parker area. So they travel all over the place for all of our races, and they're always willing to help. James Ford is actually the Class 10 rep for Snore. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm super excited to see him get a win. I, I know that means a lot to them, and I'm glad to see him. Um, the next one, uh, second place, uh, Paulo Castillo, um, quite a ways back. And then third place, I think this is his first podium in quite a while, Johnny Gold from People's Playtech Racing. Uh, that's John. John Gold is his dad. John Gold is Playtech. Um, okay. Johnny Gold got a third place, which I'm s- I'm really excited for him. He's been working hard. Um, hasn't had the best luck. I know he lost a brake line or something on like lap two, like a right front brake line or something. So he only had three corners of the brake all all race. Didn't do too bad. Came in just under five hours. Um, sadly, we had Vince Viola DNF. Uh, I think he lost some motor at the spectator area. 
And then we got 1065 with Jerry LeClaire. Had a, uh, a scary incident for Freak everyone. Um, he's 54 years old, I believe. Has had previous back injuries. Was going through the gnarly rough on the edge of the lake bed and hit a hole that just hit him weird. And, yeah, so our emergency crew got out there as fast as they could to take care of him. He's okay. He has a fractured vertebrae, I do believe. Uh, but he's good. He's in good spirits. He, he has been in good spirits since uh, the second they found him. Uh, talked to his co-driver. Co-driver did, honestly didn't feel a thing. So, like you said, freak accident, right. weird thing. Uh, glad he's okay. Glad he's uh, moving around, and hopefully we see him back as soon as possible. I don't want him to rush back. I want him to take his time, but hopefully we see him back soon. Jeremy Davis, uh, also DNF, had some mechanical issues. I think he lost a CV or an axle. I'm not sure which one, but hopefully he bounces back, comes to Battle Prim, and, and finds some luck. Same thing with Taylor Grabow uh, from the, the Hatch Racing team. Uh, had some bad luck, some issues. I don't really know what happened. I didn't get mm -hmm. the, the report. Um, I saw Fred for four seconds, and he had to run off and do something else. So I didn't really get to know what happened. Um, next up is Class 12. So Chad Cummings, your returning Class 12 Snore champion, laid the hammer down. That guy's eh. funny. <laughs> this dude's insane. Do I talked to him a little bit before the race uh, with one of the other uh, 12 guys. And they asked him why he didn't change his number because he's the champion. Why didn't you go with double zeros? And he looked at us both. He was like, why would I change anything? I just killed it all of last year. I'm going to come <laughs> back with the same. The stickers I, on his I still car. have all the, the tech stickers from last year, <laughs> all the sponsorship <laughs> stickers. I'm going to come kill it this year. Talk about superstition. <laughs> he should have been a hockey player, dude. Like, that's crazy. Um, yeah. Vic Bruckman tried to chase him down all day and just couldn't make it happen. He had another guy drive for him, I think, in the early early part of the race. Um, so I don't know how that – I don't know who drove for him. I don't know how his pace was. Um, I don't know how much time he had to make up, but Chad just kept his head down and just uh, charged all day. He's good at that. Yep. Um, we've got unlimited truck with Fred Hatch. Uh, 1450. Oh, unlimited truck. So we'll talk about Bernard, Bernard Steinman, the number 69 from People's Racing. Crazy accident, dude. Yep. Let me give a little background. Um, hopefully I don't get in trouble for this story, but I'm, I was standing in the Jason Coleman pit about to do my walkthrough like I always do. And on my way up, People's was right next door. And it, it was, it was coleman and then peoples and then uh the leclerc i think james dean was there with his chase truck helping jerry leclerc out so i was on my way up and i was standing like in between coleman and peoples and they had the accident so i'm listening on the radio trying to make sure everything's okay and uh probably i i hung out there for probably 15 20 minutes make sure everything was good. If they needed something, I could, you know, dispatch people to, like, help them out or whatever. And uh, John Gold from Playtech is kind of like the main guy there. And he comes up to me and he says, so, uh, as you know, Bernard, like, destroyed the truck. 
And I was like, yeah, is he okay? Is everything good? He's like, he's good. His bodyguard has him, and they're on their way to Vegas. And I went, what? <laughs> his bodyguard? Like, I'm sorry? What? Oh, yeah. So um, his, his bodyguard has him in his vehicle uh, on his way to Vegas. And I said, how the hell did he do that? <laughs> you know? Because he got there before... A Anybody else? Not not medical. Medical's hard to get out. Medical takes some time. Well, they're big, no, they're big vehicles. Medical takes some time to get there, especially these like off the pavement areas. Mm-hmm. He, his bodyguard beat <laughs> the retrieval there. So so John pulls me aside and says, "I hope I don't get any trouble for this, but Bernard's bodyguard drove out until he couldn't avoid any more." Uh, bushes, and he he put the vehicle in park, and he ran to the accident, grabbed the driver and the co-driver, put him in his vehicle, and took him to Vegas to get checked out at a hospital. And he says, "I really hope we're not in trouble for that." And I said, "Why would you be in trouble?" He goes, "Well, it wasn't a retrieval or a medical." And I said, "He has a bodyguard. Well, not this dude is in a position in his life to need a bodyguard." Right. I'm not going to be one to tell him that he can't get his guarded body and get the hell out of here. And thank you for not running over bushes. That's what I respect about these human <laughs> beings. It's funny that that's what they actually took the time to not run over the bushes. Because I, I, I was in a car and I came across that wreck. We, st- we actually stopped because the vehicle, the truck was still upside down when we came by. And we were like, did it just happen? What's going on? We saw crews off to the side, but it's funny that he drove, took the time to make sure he didn't crash, you know, take bushes out when, when you see how gnarly of a crash that was. Yeah, there's pieces everywhere. Yeah. And what's funny is uh, Robert Campbell does retrieval for us, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously he can't get out of the truck and go to the scene of the accident, so he got as close as he could and sent his girlfriend Cheyenne. And she ran to the accident and called him and said, there's no one here. There's no <laughs> bodies here. And she freaked out a little bit. That's which, crazy. I mean, understandable, right? But that's how fast he was. Like, that's insane. So I just had to, I just had to say that, that story because that it, it's crazy. And it, it, it makes you think awesome. a little bit. But it's also awesome at the yeah. same time. That they did. It's it. They didn't take the time. Like, it's not like they were just like, okay, this is my guy. Like, whatever, screw you. Like, no, they took. They they know what what needs the to happen or what doesn't need to happen. Right. And they took the extra steps, and made sure that they didn't like wipe out the the bushes and all that stuff. And the only thing that John was all worried about is that they didn't ask or talk to me ahead of the t- ahead of time. And I said, dude. Well, I mean, if I understand where you guys are coming from, I I get it. I I fully get it. Well, like it's that an was emergency a bad situation. It's an emergency situation, and I already I had medical on their way, and I had retrieval on the way. It's just this dude. I don't know what he did. I don't know if he had a hovercraft <laughs> or what it was, but he beat everybody there. It was insane. So um, I just had to bring that up. No, that's pretty cool. Next on the list, and this like I said, this goes in weird order because the way it's printed out and stuff. But um, next on the list is sixteen hundred class. And the only one that I really want to sit and talk about, and and, and I don't really want to really s- get into him. He's a super rad guy, probably the one one of the most humble dudes I've ever like come in contact with. That has so many connections everywhere in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Mike Montez, right. number sixteen sixty, 
Auto Las Vegas here. He won by two minutes. This dude, he earned it. He earned. He's put. Oh, that chassis is so dialed. Like every part about that thing is so legit, and he he scrubs that thing with a toothbrush. <laughs> I don't doubt that. Like literally scrubs it with a toothbrush, and he puts in so much time and effort. And he's got a grandkid that's running bandoleros, so he's got two bandoleros in the shop. He's got this 1600 car. He just bought this uh, Textron from Robbie. It's sweet. It's pretty sick to be honest. <laughs> like yeah. it's pretty rad. So he's got to get that thing ready for his wife to race at Powderpuff. I think she's gonna race at Powderpuff. Tammy. Uh, he he's got so many things going on. He helps the Collins. He's like literally best friends with with Brendan Gone. So he's got all kinds of stuff. Like he helps with the city light shine and all that stuff. Um, super rad dude. I'm glad he got the win. And I don't want to take anything from him, but we can dive into 1600 a little bit, like you wanted to. Earlier. Yeah. So, so I'm just gonna let you run a little bit, and and well, I'll feed off of you. Like we'll just start with Mike Montez. He did win. Two minutes. I mean, he earned it, like you said. Um, he did have the illegal front hub setup, correct? <laughs> yeah. And I understand, I understand that was an issue between him, Pro-Am, and Snore. He got Jamar. the Jamar. Sorry. Um, he got the parts from Jamar. It was just a sweet thing. Um, put him on the car throughout his other old stuff, or was just stuff. Well, was just it was probably just worn out. I, so he. I'm gonna tell you right now, there was a lot of cars end of last season and leading into this season that have those hubs right and nobody under like nobody knew nobody put a tape measure on those hubs and said that they were illegal right and i i, I don't you can't it's what an inch on either side that think, it's no, wider no, in no, the front? no no it's less than that i think it's either i think it's a quarter okay i think it's a quarter of an inch off I don't want to say it's a quarter inch on both sides. I think it's a quarter inch off. Total. It's not huge, right? It's it's not a – I wouldn't say that it's a, a a game changer. Right. But it is illegal. Okay. So The problem is this all – And I, as I understand. Much as, we, as much as Snore should be on top of, like, measuring stuff, and, and, and me as a race director, I should have known to measure that stuff a long, long, long time ago, like when I first got here. But – when you buy something that is specifically for a 1600 car, mm -hmm. it should be within the specs. No, I, I understand where, you know, that side and, and where he's coming from. On, oh, I I didn't know. Nobody, and honestly, I don't think anybody knows, like you said. No. Um, will, will we see a rule change to allow those, yes. those, uh, those hubs? No, what we're going to – the problem is you can't do a rule change because – not, I, I not think mid season, out of, but out of eight people that I know, uh -huh. six for sure are changing the hubs before Battle Prim, or have already changed the hubs? Back to or from? Back to what is legal. Okay. Buying CNC old stuff or whatever the case may be, pro amp, whatever. So it, for me to change the rule would be a kind of a dick move because no, and they're already changing back to what is legal. So why would I open it up for Jmar to be legal? Right. Well, you know I, what I'm saying. Mike Mike Montez is also switching back to the uh, Mike the, Montez the, uh, had him on order and couldn't get him in time for right. for the Snore 250. No, and I understand, and I understand that all the way through. Um, it's just if it's a it's a nice piece of equipment, it's a nice part. Why don't we just make it legal at the end of the next year? Because we're too late. Because I, I don't want to see guys I, spend a thousand dollars on hubs that. All right, cool. You know what I mean that they that they just bought these sweet CNC hubs, right? CNC doesn't exist anymore. Right. So. But I think, a, in pro, a I, year, 
I think there's other companies. That, I think there's like two or three other companies that make them. Mm-hmm. So it like, if it was C- the only thing that would fit was CNC, then absolutely we'd be changing the rule to allow JMRs. But from the couple people that I've talked to, it's a it's a it's an available product, right? To buy to be legal that isn't JMR. JMR is the only one that's not legal, and this is not a shot at JMR or anything. It's just they. I, it's just I don't yeah. know if they. I, I don't know if they just had to get them out on time to like get to people, or they didn't know they weren't factoring in the stock beam width and the stock arm width and the king. Con- I, I I don't know. I don't, I'm not well versed enough on that mm-hmm. to like say what's right or what's wrong. It's just when I sat down and thought about the rule, and I was thinking about this shortly after we uh, Snore put out the the 2020 rule updates and changes for individual classes. Um, it was on my mind. It's just how do you tackle it? Because by the time we released those, people had like four and a half, five weeks before the, the Snore 250. So how do you expect people to like buy stuff and put stuff on that quick? Right. Because we're not NASCAR. So it's just not how it works. I understand that for like the motor rules and all the other changes. Um, but for for this particular case, I don't, in my opinion, I don't think it would have caused a lot of people to run out and buy JMR hubs. Probably not. A handful, though. I mean, I mean, the people who are able to go out and get it because they're able to go out and get it probably would have. But you're not going to get people switching over because it's a huge advantage. You're not gaining massive amounts of width. You're not. I, I can't imagine they're better grade bearings by any means or anything I, like they that. They use the same bearings. I think. Yeah. So I mean, overall, it's the same piece of equipment, just the hair wider. Yeah. So I don't. It should. In my mind, it shouldn't that big a deal but yeah it in my and like there isn't an official rule change on it mm-hmm. per snore but i have told all the people that have them like you have to be legal at battle crim this is not like if you're not legal at battle crim i gave you for your fair warning right too bad so um it's a weird balance it's one of the things like because we're not nascar because we're not like you know all this crap we have to kind of like We've got to tiptoe with racers because we don't want to push them away for silly shit like that. No. Now, if they show up with an illegal engine part or whatever, like, that's a different story. But okay. when it comes down to, like, like you, like you, you've had this on your car for four or five years, and now I'm going to tell you that you're illegal? Right, yeah. That pisses people off. Valid. Because before I was race director or before, you know, whatever, people weren't checking all of these things, right? Well, so it's really hard to do that. It's, going it's especially incredibly hard. With to do we've all got that. like thirty or forty classes going from class to class, check Jesus every specific Christ. thing. You're gonna lose your mind, right? So you got to pick and choose, and that's why we have post tech where we check things right. um, after the race, right? And you know, but good, good point. I think we should touch on the sixteen hundred engine rules since we're here. Since that's we're uh, in it. yeah. Well, I, I mean, might as well. That's and I I talked about it a little bit earlier. Is it's crazy. These these sixteen hundred guys voted for the low comp rule, yeah. and I, I know like any vote, not everybody's gonna vote yes or no or one way or the other. So not everybody voted for the high com- or the low comps to be allowed in, um, but they were, and if and now they're all upset because companies have put time and money and R and D into making the low comps as good as it can be, mm-hmm. whereas the high comps were already at as good as they could be um and now now they want some crazy sp- they want crazy rule changes 
Yeah, so just to give everybody a little backstory on this, a couple years ago, uh, before I was race director, they voted to allow the low compression engine, which is an 8 to 1 compression ratio uh, instead of 9, 10, 11, 12, whatever. It's not open. So it's a low compression pump gas only 91 octane max, and then you have to run a 24.1 millimeter venturi. You can run a, a Weber 40 or 44. So, we had a ton of problems. I wouldn't even say problems. We just had low compressions were beating the high compressions well, for a couple they races. Were so most recently, they're kind of smoking them. But okay, but there's a lot of other factors that come into it, right? And I'll argue that till the day that I die. It's not always the engine. No, it's not. It it's it's the driver. It's the chassis. It's how much you know. I mean, these guys are running hundred thousand dollar. Hundred twenty thousand dollars, sixteen hundred programs against a thirty-five thousand dollar jalopy. You can't, like, you can't yell and scream and complain when it's not even a fair fight. Take the motor out. Right. Well, like, and that's what I was saying earlier. Uh, it's cheap. Going racing for cheap is impossible. You can do it cheaply, but you're still going to be spending a lot of money. Yeah. And and if you can't think. I don't want to be me, but like if you can't get that through your head that you're going to be spending thousands and thousands of dollars on a race car, right. then I don't think you should be racing. Yeah, and yeah, you're right. I I see both sides, and and that's what I try and do all the time, right? Especially my positions, I try and see both sides of it. I try and see, okay, how can we do this at the cheapest point possible for the racers, but also how do we make it so. It's not a hot wheel. It's not a, it, 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 like well, here, it's so tough. Like how about this? So in NASCAR, you have all the top teams and they win all the races and get all the money and shit. And but they all also you have these privateer guys like Joe Nemechek. He he enters every race or used to anyways when I was still watching it, and he didn't have the best motor program. The, but he still entered, <coughs> and you didn't hear him complaining about the fact that these guys have better motors, these guys have better this. He's, he 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 knew. Yeah. He just knew. And I think you kind of have to understand that if you're going to be going up against these teams who have unlimited time and money, like who's it, the Gears? Kurt Gear. Kurt yeah. Gear. They spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on their 16 car. <laughs> Insane. Insane. Oh. But they're doing it because they can. They want to. Right. They should be able to as well. So they should be able to stick as much money and research into the motor program as they want. If that means that they figure out some special stuff with a high comp and they come to battle at Prim with a high comp that just whoops everybody, then why shouldn't they be allowed to do that? Well, you know what would happen, though. Well, yeah, then the low comps will be everybody bitching. Everybody would be and like, you tear them down, tear them down. That's bullshit. Tear them down. Well, that, and then if it's if it becomes legal, then they're going to, the, the one millimeter rule change we did for the high comps. Would be too much. It's going to be too much. Well, and that's what I was going to talk about is like, Snore, for this season, the 2020 season, opened up the high compression uh, restrictor plates, one millimeter, for both two seat and one seat. Now, there's all kinds of talk going on all kinds and i think my favorite is we should just take the yeah, high comps just take the restrictor plates off okay and okay. that's bad so the past two episodes i had a little section on tech right the technical side of something 
this is my okay. W welcome, welcome to my tech talk, right? So here's the thing. The uh, restrictor plate is what maybe three eighths of an inch thick. It's under half an inch. So if you take the I don't care if we open it up. So your venturi is twenty four point one zero millimeters diameter. And if I say that you can run a thirty millimeter restrictor plate, yeah, you're right. The amount of air going through that orifice into the intake manifold is in fact not doing anything. The restrictor plate's not doing anything, right? Because you're you're twenty four here and your restrictor plate's thirty, so you're not doing nothing, right? The problem is is the thickness of the restrictor plate. So once you take that 3 ace out and you drop that carburetor down to the intake manifold, you're getting fuel and air mixture into the manifold faster. Mm -hmm. So now you're changing all kinds of stuff. You're changing all kinds of stuff. And the only reason why, and like, like I've said a million times, I don't know everything there is to know about Volkswagens. I'm still learning every single day on a, a lot of big-brained human beings that know a lot about Volkswagens. I'm still learning every day on how these things work because it's weird to me that there's one camshaft and four cylinders. It just doesn't work for me. That's not <laughs> how my brain works. But back in the short course days, before the EFI thing came in, we had carburetor spacers. So underneath the carburetor, we had a, a, a machined aluminum spacer in between the carburetor and the intake manifold. The manifold never changed. The carburetor never changed. But the, the, the intake spacer was different heights for different tracks and different things that we wanted it to do. And going from, you know, uh, like a, a Bark River, which is a long, ba one big jump, but long straightaways, low floats track, to a Joliet rhythm sections, on the gas, hard, short. It's all in a circle, like all in a circle track. So we had a different spacer for that. And on the dyno, you could see the the difference between, and now this is a V8, mm -hmm. right? V8, two cams, big carb, different story. But from two, three, four, five, and six inch carburetor spacers, you could definitively see the difference on a dyno. Okay. So me, doing the research, talking to all the engine builders for the 1600 motors, Multiple people have told me, don't take the restriction plates out because you're going to open up a whole new can of worms. Just don't do it. Right. Open it up one millimeter. If it's not enough, go another or go half. Whatever whatever happens, steps. do baby steps because if you go too much, it's going to be the same problem again. The lo Oh, the high compressions are, are far surpassing the low compressions, and now we have to figure out how to get the low compressions back up to the high compressions. And now we have 120 mile an hour 1600 cars, oh, we're closing on which that is right insane. Now. So why don't we do a little baby step, right, and go from there? But like I said, take take me out of the race director position, take me out of any other position I have right now, any other job. I don't care. This is me saying my opinion on this podcast. If you want to compete in 1600, buy a low compression engine. Buy it. If you want to keep up with the Joneses, you got to be the Joneses, right? How many times have you heard that in your life? 
Well, if you want to be the Joker, yeah, if no. you want to look like a baller, buy a Range Rover. You're not going to buy a Tahoe and act like you own a Range Rover. No, buy a low compression engine. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Is like they sh- they should understand that times change. It's unfortunate that your equipment that you sunk money into is no longer good. But it's racing, Sorry. dude. It's racing. racing. Things change. Things evolve. You know, shit. Guess what? Guess what's super rad? Majors, uh, out of Southern, uh, I think they're out of Southern California. Majors know. just released uh, a couple days ago. They're they're making a conversion kit, an a DIY conversion kit. Really? If you have a high compression 1600 motor, you buy this kit from them. Bolt slap, squeegee. Nice. Whatever you want, slap. Lick it and stick it. Now you have a low compression engine. Well, they're also offering a little bit of money for the race at Battle of Prim, correct? The, or a rebuild, I think, for the podium finishers? Jimenez. So Jimenez is giving a discount to... I don't know exactly what the details are yet. Uh, wait, but I believe rumors. Jimenez, uh, who's a 1600 engine builder, mm-hmm. sorry, the brain and the mouth thing, uh, the 1600 engine builder is giving a discount or something towards... Uh, engine refreshes if you're on the podium for Battle of Prim. Yeah. And he hopes there's three Jimenez engines on the podium. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He wants them there. Yeah, he just wants people racing. But like I said, like as I have fri- I, I have very close friends to me that race 1600 that don't have the the low compression engine. Mm-hmm. Buy it. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, and then once that kit comes out, like you're saying, it'll be a little bit – it's not going to be – a little lighter on the wallet. Right, and everybody – everybody, I think the main issue is they look at the – I think it's like 7500 to $10,000 to, to swap, yeah. and that's a, it's a big hit. It is. And that sucks. And I don't know how much this kit is, but – It's it's not going to be sure $100. Gonna be, dollars, yeah, it's going to be less, yeah. So it, it's, a, it's a good idea. I mean, it's a good – maybe it'll lighten the blow a little bit. For people who can't really fork make it, out the cash, make it a little bit easier to make the swap or transition, if you will. Yeah, but uh, that's enough sixteen hundred talk for me because I have to talk about it all the time. But uh, you have anything else on sixteen hundred before I move on? No, not really. I can tell you right now. Before we move on out of sixteen hundred, real quick, Battle Frame is going to be insane. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Hopefully, a million cars show up. I would hope. That's always the goal. That's going to be the best of the best. I, I mean, it's going to be the best of the best. Yeah. And that's what we want. I, we can sit here and talk politics and what race series and all this stuff. Like, It doesn't matter. Best of the best. And Cody from Moore has a race going on, and that's going to be the best of a be- of the best. Like, Who shows up are going to be the best racers in 1600, and who shows up to Battle Prim are going to be the best of the 1600. Like, that's what I like to see. I don't care who holds it, and I I don't like the politics side of, like, being behind a race series. But you have to deal with it anyways, right? Right. But um, I just – I like to see that shit, dude. I That's why – that's why, like, the 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 Crandon, the, the Labor Day Fall Crandon mm-hmm. is the raddest event to go to because all the West Coast guys show up versus the East Coast guys, and it's the best of the best. You, you run what you brung. It's flat out – like, who's the best? That's right. it. Who has the best crew, the best drivers, like, all that stuff. So, I like to see that. <coughs> Maybe we can do something like that in the future, like a pro 1600 days type stuff, which is before our time, before we were into racing. Um, out here, anyways, for me, um, a pro 1600, back when Rob Mack used to race and stuff, like, 80 cars would show up to the race in Kingman or whatever. 
wherever it was. I'm not really sure. Like I said, the stuff I say on here, <laughs> it's all like firing off the brain. This is not or like me reading a transcript and just making things up. This is I'm firing off the brain. Yeah, either that or it happened like three years ago or something. <laughs> um. So we got other stuff to get through besides snore, but let me finish off snore two fifty. Sorry, sorry guys, I didn't I didn't mean to run on like that, but there's a lot of interesting stuff. So, um, class sixty one hundred, Jason Coleman won by five minutes over Vincent Minaz. Uh, had a good run, solid clean day, just getting some time behind the seat. I think yep. that was good for him. Got a fourth overall as well. That's that's super rad for him. Uh, uh, Cody Mitchell won uh, the side by side pro limited. He was the only one to finish, but you got to give it to him. He he went through some he went through some shit to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, he beat you guys. Well, we what broke. happened? You were in I the 1910 of Steve Nottley. You rode the first lap. Yep. With I a guy from f- Romania. Romania. Yep. <laughs> met I uh, I showed up for the race. Literally met everybody except for Steve that morning and Mike because we've known him from before. Mike Colosimo. But uh, yeah, I met my, my driver that morning, high-fived him, told, asked him what he wanted me to talk about. He's like, as long if I can't see it, let me know. So I didn't talk a whole lot before our radio scope went out. Um, but yeah, and then we would Did you go to hand signals or no? Oh yeah, straight to hand signals. Yeah. Uh, our intercom cut out about mile 20, not too long after we got past Cody and Lucy Graves. Um, he had a flat or a axle? Uh, nope, we just caught him. Oh, you beat him yeah. at speed. Yep, caught him. We would have actually caught him on that first dry lake bed if we would have followed the GPS, but we decided to like go. We were following the GPS and then followed him because the GPS was wrong or something yeah. like that. So, um, yeah, it was a good day. We were, I think, we had the fastest lap for our class by like 40 seconds. It shows you guys, uh, and I don't know if this is. It shows you guys one lap finished. Yeah, at that was 11909. Which is a good lap. Yeah, they had, uh, there was a transmission fluid leak or something that they noticed when we got out on the first lap, and then something happened on the dry lake bed, and that was it. Well, at least you had fun for the lap that you were in there. Yeah, it was cool. A little different. <coughs> yeah, very different, I'm sure. Those rhinos are, uh, I'm actually a little bit impressed with the rhinos. <laughs> Side by eaches. Whatever the heck you want to call them, yeah. golf carts. Um, it's uh, excuse me, just playing through <laughs> for real. But you know what they'll what they'll bounce through is pretty impressive. Yeah. So, um, yeah. class fourteen fifty sportsman Jay Rossi took home the win. Uh, I'm so happy for them. They they worked very hard. It's a long time coming for those guys. Um, Derek Bradley took a nasty wreck uh, in the fourteen ten. Him and uh, his co-driver Daryl are okay. They walked away from that, but uh, that was a gnarly endo. They they hit pretty hard, and they were sore for a while. He was avoiding he was avoiding an accident. A class one car was rolled over, and he slid over, and he was kind of in unknown territory and and took a tumble off a ravine. <laughs> that was tough. I mean, I there's. There's no one that can say, oh, you should have slowed down. Like, no, he was doing like 45, 50 miles an hour max. He wasn't at race speed. Right. And he just hit something that he couldn't see. And because it wasn't part of the race course, really. He was just giving the emergency crew and everybody that was tending to an accident 
plenty of room, which we all respect and we all appreciate. And he was just off to the side, and he was just cruising. And all of a sudden, that thing kicked and bucked and sent him for a ride. But thankfully, they're all right. Um, yeah, I uh, – oh, I – so I have this on my – so, so Syracoth took first place in 1,300 sportsmen, mm-hmm. uh, limited sportsmen. She had a day. She had a crazy day, like a ton – like her first lap was awesome, and then she had a ton of stuff happen, like co-driver change and the – Flat tire and two flat tires, two flat tires, all kinds of crazy stuff. But my main point was this is her first win in like six years. So super stoked on that. I, I'm happy for her. Um, she's been working really hard, <coughs> and I'm glad to see her take that win. So good for her. I'm done with the Snort 250. Do you have anything else? Snort 250? Yeah. Nope. All right. You want to move on to Best in Desert, Laughlin? don't really have much other than it was a mud bog and I think we should have had some some of them rednecks with the uh, the big tractor truck trailer tire truck deals whatever those things are called mud bod trucks uh, I don't I don't know what you're saying mud I'm having a stroke mild, <laughs> you know having a mild stroke those big old like monster trucks more or less with tractor well, tires I was on thinking there. like those hover boats that go down in the bayous those are cool too like they would have went fan through boat? some of the corner fan boat. They yeah. would have went through some of them corners way better than anybody else. Yeah, bet better than that ten car for sure. Dude, did you see the MG ten That's car? That buried. So I guess he like was on the outside, stalled it, and because that corner was so steep, it just slid into the puddle. I know what corner that was. So, did you did you go around the the qualifying course at Rage? No, I wasn't. So if anybody's listening, you're going around the qualifying course at Rage, and right before you hit the power line and turn a hard right, right before you start hitting the qualifying jumps, at that intersection where we put the water barrier and snow fence and stuff, if you veer left, which is the best in the desert course, that first immediate right is where that water was. And when we were there for Rage at the River, I was I pumped – 70,000 gallons of water off the qualifying course, mm-hmm. me and Eric Johnson. We were, like, cruising around. It's, like, 4 o'clock in the morning. We're trying to get all this shit done. And he's and he, he's like, is it this way? And, I, and I'm like, I think, it, I think we go right and just get on the qualifying – or get on the high school jumps and go back. But I was like, let's see what's left because maybe I'll remember, you know. And I went left, and we walked – like, we <laughs> rolled up to – berm big berm's <laughs> corner it was all full and he's like i don't think that's the way we go and i was like no that's not the way we go. <laughs> obviously that corner is that picture the mg really? car stuck in the water not stuck but well, going so through the water up to the number plates which is insane yeah there's a, a video or helicopter footage of it i think probably on fish logistics because that's where everything's at yeah. but uh yeah he kind of just he came into it was going a little bit too slow stalled it and that that quarter's just so steep he slid into the puddle and Got got it started before it was underwater, but Good wasn't thing. wasn't not able to get it out with the traction available. Yikes! Tough look, bad bad weather. Um, once again, uh, when I printed these results off, it goes in goofy order that we don't really want to talk about. But first one on the list is class ten. The guy who took home the win, sorry, the kid. I can say this now because I'm almost 25. The kid who took home the win, 19 years old, Connor McMullen. Um, he took eighth overall on time, and I 
think this is either number five or number six in a row he's won. This kid is hot. Kid's on fire. Yeah. I don't know who's going to keep up with him, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, and then behind him was uh, Peter Hodges, uh, the one that Matt Helton rides in. Mm-hmm. It's an old Krieger car. And then the rest of them, I mean, like I said, we can, we can say names that go on forever, but that's not what we're about here. Uh, we just want to talk on the big points that everybody's interested in. So Connor McMullen, I don't know who's going to beat him. Uh, but I think he might beat himself at some point, and unfortunately. And I think we said that before. I, I just – I don't know, man. Like It's not something you root for. It's just something you see in the future. But maybe he just has that vision. Maybe he's just got that eye. Like Yeah. Maybe this is the next, like, Ivan Stewart or Rob Mack, you know, like where you watch him when he's a young, younger person – and you're like, Jesus Christ, this guy is insane. He's going to kill himself. And then he right. just never know, does. He just never does. And he's very, you know, dominant. So hopefully that's the case. Hopefully he just keeps being dominant. And uh, yeah. Next, class one. Class one was a sh- Sorry for the listeners, but it was a shit turnout. It was <laughs> garbage. I think Seven yeah. cars showed up. Oh, I can't count on one hand. I'm sorry. Seven cars showed up. Yep. It was bullshit. Sam Barry and yeah, oh, Sam, Sam Barry won it. Yeah, he won it. Um, Sam Barry's 65 years old. Yeah. And won it. In a single seat. Jimco. Yep. Sweet. Uh, Michael Fry took second. And uh, Brandon Bailey took third. But, I mean... I Uneventful. Like... Here's some notables that didn't finish, right? Bob Lofton didn't finish. Don't know what happened. James Dean didn't finish. Right. Don't know what happened. I know he had some problems in qualifying. Like he stalled it or something in qualifying and then ended up qualifying first by like seven tenths Half of a, a second. second. It was crazy. Um, James, I mean, James could have won this race easily. I, I don't know what the malfunction was. I'm you? not sure. Yeah. I don't really know. And then uh, Bill Wingering didn't finish, and Lad Gilbert didn't finish. So that's it. That I'm not leaving anyone out of the list. That's it. Yeah, no. For for Best in the Desert Class One, that's pretty dismal. And then for I think what three cars finished? Bo- uh, oh, both Sam days. Barry, Michael Fry, Brandon Bailey. Yeah, that's terrible. Not good. I wonder if. I doubt it, but I wonder if the weather had anything to do with that. Maybe, but, I mean, once again, is it because we have too many freaking races all stacked on top well, of each other? That's another thing. There's two months of nonstop racing, so. <laughs> uh, next is uh, 6100. So, actually, speaking of James Dean, he drove, what, a full day the or last, part of a The day? second day. The he whole second day? I, I believe he rode. The first day with Kyle, and then he drove with Jordan on the second day. So they qualified 15th. Mm-hmm. Not a good qualifying Very position. short course to qualify that poorly on. Did not do good. I think they might have had a problem. I don't know. I was reading posts, but it's already been a week, so we're trying to keep up, you know. But um, they won. They, they won by <laughs> like 30 seconds or something, which is close, but – Good for them. Like they they battled hard. Like yeah. you coming from fifteenth to win in a two day short course event is nothing to take a sneeze at or sneeze for right. or sneeze on. That's 
that's pretty good. Like that's that's really good, and I give them all the props in the world. They're in that Brenthal truck, which seems to work. They're pretty solid. Phenomenally. Sixty one hundred trucks, yeah. They they're pretty good, and I saw some clips of James. I didn't get to like obviously I was in Wisconsin. I didn't get to watch a race or anything, but I saw some helicopter clips of James. I think it was James because I think it said Sunday, and he was like, dude, he was bombing through stuff. I'm like, Jesus Christ. No, and Kyle's the same way. Like they, they're very good drivers. That's a good team. That's a pretty good team. Yeah, and just listening to them talk, I think that's kind of how you have to ha- drive those trucks. Yeah. Those 6100 trucks are just almost just as you know. You got to drive them like a 16, right. flat out everywhere. Otherwise, flat you're out. gonna you know something's gonna happen. You're not well, gonna yeah, be able to react. Well, yeah, it's a spec or, class. Yeah. I mean, you you lift for one second and someone else has got a second on you. So. Right. They're all they're all in a pack throughout the race. Yeah. So. And uh, behind him was Ryan Hancock. That's at Alexander with Jordan Poole. Right. Um, and they were 30 seconds behind him. But it, it looked like a good race. I mean, coming from 15th and, and, and winning <laughs> by 30 yeah. seconds, that's a, that's a long weekend because you never know. You know what I mean? It's not like you won the first day and you're like, okay, all I need to do is this. Like, right. That's a, that's a tough deal. And uh, we get – Householder was fifth, so that's pretty cool. Terry Householder. And Ray Ray's in sixth. Um, I don't want to take anything away from anybody else. but So to transition, 20 out of 29 trucks finished in 6100. Mm-hmm. And then let me flip the page. Let me flip the page one more time. 19... Tro- trophy trucks, trick trucks, sorry, best in the desert, trick trucks. But hot Nin- trucks? <laughs> 19 trophy trucks qualified. Eight finished. Let me run down the eight that finished. Numero uno, Adam Householder. Yeah. Kevin Thompson. Mm-hmm. Wait, is that Kevin Thompson on his own or Kevin Thompson with Harley? Honest, well, Harley's on the list. I don't know who drove what. Right. I'm. I. I apologize to everybody. I'm out of the loop on who was driving what. I. This is where I need fish to help me sometimes, but um, yeah. don't know. Jason Voss in third. Mm-hmm. Steve Olegas with a fourth. Typical Steve Olegas. Solid just, finish. Just solid a day. Solid day. Solid finish. Like you can. I'd put money on him being in top ten at every single well, race he ever so enters. He has no DNFs in the past three no. years or something crazy. He's a hundred percent finish rate in the yeah. past three and a quarter years. Insane. Yeah. And then uh, fifth is Tracy Graff, Bean. Uh, don't know who drove. Sixth is Kerry Smiley. Also don't know who drove. Seventh is John Bowers, baby. Who else was in the car with Smiley? Well, he might have had that kid that rode it uh, or that drove it right at the river. I, I well, I, I, I think I had seen some. And uh, some, I was, it's not even worth really mentioning, but just some big name driver signed off. I, I'm, I'm recently. not sure. It, he's the only one on the list. Um, and then uh, eighth is Carl Beal, the God is awesome guys. Other than that, everyone else broke. So congratulations to Adam Householder. You did a fantastic job. Killing it Two day time. events are not easy to do. Before we move into the last thing that's not going to take a whole lot of time, we have uh, two penalties. 
And because we do so much work in Laughlin for our Rage at the River, we know that these two penalties are very big things. So the first penalty, the 1529 of Brandon Bailey, uh, day two Sunday, five-second penalty. I think it's five seconds. I Maybe five minutes. We don't really know. If anybody out there knows, please, for the love of Christ above, tell us if it's five seconds or five <laughs> minutes because this is – this is well, very you, detrimental. When you go into the other penalty that's right below it, it's either 17 seconds or 17 minutes. So Held for start, 17 minutes or 17 seconds to Chris Wardle. Okay, so Brandon Bailey, 1529, uh, day two, five minutes, five seconds, not sure which one, for jumping the berm in hot pit. Now, mm -hmm. we, you know what that means. Yep. We put a berm up in the hot pits to differentiate the difference between the race course and the pits. And we have an entrance and an exit for a reason for safety precautions. And it's a normally it's a big ass berm. What the one that we put up is huge. It's like three and a half feet. Yeah. With a divot on both sides. It's insane. I don't know if you just jumped it. Like jumping berm and hot pit means to me like like he doubled out of that thing. Yeah. The other one is sixty one seventy three of Kyle Jurgensen. And for all those listeners out there who gave me a hard time about what he's driving, he was in a Brenthal, not a Camber kinetic truck. He's in a Brenthal. Uh, got it. The Green Army crew gave me a hard time for it, but uh, he's uh, day two Sunday, thirty seconds, minutes. maybe thirty minutes. Course deviation and two times backwards in hot pits. I would like. I'm gonna call. Uh, Donald, and ask what this means. I want to know. Course deviation is one thing. Like cut, obviously like you cut, cut something out. Like whatever you're gonna get penalized for. It. Whatever. Two x two times backwards in hot pits. Did he blow his pit? Put it in reverse. Back up into his nope. pit and get penalized. See, that's for not penalized. That to me that's not penalized penalty worthy. Because if you blew, it's not NASCAR. It's not like you're going into somebody else's pit while they're coming in. It's very doubtful that he had somebody coming in right behind him, especially at a two-day race. If you pit, you're you're over with. So, uh, if he just did he blow past the entrance and turn around and come back, I'm thinking it's something like that, probably. Or he he there, he course deviation into the front of, like he he had an issue say at the start line, yeah. which is not too far away from the hot pits. Or, you know, one of the straights. I think they start down by our... Uh, well, they still go up that wash, do they not? Well, I think they start the race. Uh, no, I don't know where they start the race. Either way, he might have had a another issue somewhere else on the course, came in through the wrong area of the hot pits, and was like, screw it, I'm just going to go up the hot pits, yeah. there's nobody coming, and did it twice. Yeah. That's what I think happened. Because if he just flew through your pit and then reversed back real quick, I don't... Uh, it's not that much harm. Yeah. You know, maybe 10, 15 feet. If that, if it's really that big a deal, just run down the other 10, 15 feet, run down to the truck and see what's going right. on. So, I don't know. Okay. Um, do you have anything else on that race? On the race? No. Okay. Um, last thing I want to touch on, uh, Las Vegas, uh, NASCAR race. Um, I... I, I don't I didn't get to follow it because I was out of town. Like I said, I was doing stuff. Um, super busy. I know that Logano won it. Uh, so is NASCAR not a big deal in Wisconsin? No, it is. It's just like when I, when I'm there, I have other stuff going on. Like I okay, it's not a 
that's not a thing. I just you know stereotypes and things. Just curious. <laughs> um, I want my biggest thing. Like I don't give a shit who won or lost. My biggest thing is the penalties. Okay. Because I think I think there's something happening that we should keep our eyes open to, and I'm not gonna dive into it. I'm just gonna explain to what it is. Um, the number 42 of Kyle Larson, a and these are all Cup. These are not Xfinity or Truck. These are all Monster Cup cars. The 42 of Kyle Larson finished ninth mm-hmm. in a Chevy. Okay. Failed post race tech. Lug nuts not installed properly. Crew chief fined ten thousand dollars. No loss in position or no. Okay. This is where it gets interesting. The eleven of Denny Hamlin finished seventeenth place, got a rear start, and got lapped in a Toyota. Pre race failed. Level one body service infraction. Lost ten driver and owner points. Now, this is listen, everybody, listen to me. The eighteen of Kyle Bush finished fourteenth place in a Toyota pre race. Level one, body service infraction. Lost 10 driver and owner points. Let me t- listen one more time before you get bored. The 95 of Christopher Bell finished 33rd place in a Toyota. Pre-race, failed inspection. Level one, body surface infraction. Lost 10 driver and owner points. All three of those Toyotas had Bondo on their front nose cones and failed pre-race inspection. And either had to put a new body, a new nose going on, or chip the shit off. Okay. Two Xfinity cars. The, I had one last week's number 66 of whoever had Bondo filling a gap on last year's road course nose cone and had to chip the Bondo off and got penalized for it. Okay. Now, I, I freaking, I don't think anybody can understand how much I love this because NASCAR is like at the top. Like everybody like wants to be in NASCAR because it's at the highest level of all the shit and it's bitching and we all want to be racing NASCAR because that's where all the money's at, right? And it's TV and the manufacturers, all that stuff. I love the fact that people are pushing the limits and I love it. The only one that confuses me for, for the, not for the penalty, but for the like fine, I guess, is the Kyle Larson loose safety. Loose. Well, yeah, it's a safety issue. I agree. Well, you're getting to- fine. You're getting fined t- eleven out of eight times. It's a safety thing if because either no, the no, no, gun no, no, failed I, uh, or the guy didn't take enough time I, to hit the nut. Right, and that's something that you see during the race is an issue because as soon as they have a loose wheel, the car becomes undrivable. So that wheel comes off and you die. He, well, you don't necessarily die, but that you wheel could. bounces into a motorhome or something like we've seen happen. And you could die. Sure, whatever. But uh, if it's not loose enough for them to notice how, like, is there a torque setting? Yes, 100%. Or? There is a torque specification, and I don't know the numbers, and I'm not going to claim that I do. But when they go to post-tech, you have to. All your lug nuts have to meet a certain torque I'm specification when you go to post tech. I'm curious how often that one happens. It's not very actually. That's why I put it on there. It's kind of weird. Like that's mm-hmm. not a usual thing. Maybe it's just a fluke thing. But crew chief, ten grand. Goodbye. I don't think it should. Well, I mean, the crew chief is obviously. Oh, he's in head charge. Of the, head of, yeah, head of the thing. H N I C, dude. You yeah. get all the kickback. Anything that happens uh, at any point. Does does the team owner cover that fine for stuff like that? And 
I don't know. I don't know how that works out. That's all politics. He might. I don't know. I'm I'm done. It's on you now. All right. Well, you know, since y'all stayed here long enough, I have a question, and there'll be a poll on our Facebook later. Uh, does beans go in chili? Absolutely, hundred percent. Right. Absolutely, one hundred thousand percent. Beans deserve to be and should be. This is like you should go to jail if you don't have beans in your chili. Okay. No, I, and I, I like that you have a stance on this, but um. I printed out an article and did a little research. Yeah, no shit. Go figure. Because you hated, hated this discussion we had earlier. Uh, so there is an international chili group or bullshit. Yeah, they have they have testings and tastings and competitions all the time. Yeah, that's crazy. Whatever. Um, but their traditional chili is a red and green chili kind of meat combination or meats cooked with red chili peppers, various spices, and other ingredients with exception, with the exception of beans and pasta, which are strictly forbidden. Nobody puts pasta in chili. They they do, actually. You Italian fucks. Not in, on. You put in, I guess it's like Ohio or something. Oh, my God. Hey, this is your Midwest clan, guy. Ohio's the butthole of the country. Eh, whatever. No one gives a shit. Either way, it's just... Spices and and chilies and stuff. It's it's supposed to be from like, uh, car, uh, what is it, chili con carne from, you know, South America and stuff like that. It's supposed to be served with meat, not. I don't know whatever the other stuff is now. Before we end this, I'm just gonna say this right now. If you don't have beans in your chili. You you sit there and say, oh, people put vegetables and chunks of chicken. No, nobody does that shit. If you don't have beans in your chili, you have a ground beef spicy paste that you slather on your dogs, whether you're doing a chili dog uh-huh. or something. Right. But a bowl of chili is beans, ground beef, s- multiple spices – Big old chunks of onions, cilantro, cheese. Don't forget the cheese. Big old shredded cheese clumps in there. Oh, ho, ho, no. daddy. Because then, then you just get a bowl full of beans. That's no. what I always – and this might just because, be because, because of my like, personal preference type thing as a child. I always ended up with a bowl full of beans and, and nothing good. So I don't I don't like chili with beans in it. You guys are shit chili out here. I'm just going to tell you that right now. You step up your chili game. They serve it on pasta where you come from. They on do pasta. not. Not where I come from, boy. Mm-hmm. Minnesota? Are we done here? All right. Okay, yep. that's going to be a poll on Facebook, on our Check Facebook it out. page. Make sure you vote. Sports Vision Facebook page. Uh, go vote. You don't have to pay for it. It's free. It'll be fun. Um, we would uh, like to personally extend a thank you to all of our listeners. Keep tuning in. Um, we don't have a fully set schedule right now. We're still working on that right now with our busy, busy lives. But thank you for listening. Hopefully you've tuned in this entire episode because there's a lot of good stuff all the way to the end. Even his long. bullshit chili thing. Um, I think it's very important. And we want to hear your feedback. Like I said multiple times, please comment, rate, review. Like li- literally do anything to give us something to talk about on the next episode. Be like, oh, this guy said that we're idiots. So – Let's see why we're idiots. Or maybe this guy thinks that we're good at what we do. So give us a comment. 
j just do anything. And uh, like I said, thank you, and we'll see you next time.